Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Alright, so I'll just go for it. Welcome everybody to the September 12th, 2020 edition of Weisscast. I'm your host, Aaron Weiss. Along, I am Alex Weiss, filling in for Bryant. Yeah, uh, yeah, you are. I was going to give you a nick- nickname, but I guess I can't anymore. Um, <laughs> what were you going to say? I don't know. I just lost my train of thought. Uh, how are you doing, Alex? King of Corridan. King of Corridan. <laughs> Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, got a lot of chores done, to, or you know, out and about stuff. So, I think are they called chores still when you're an adult? I don't adult responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's more. It's got to be more correct, right? Yeah, it's 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 not really fun when you the BMV or DMV or whatever it's called is only open on Saturdays and. Or it's only open at weird times. Sorry, I have an echo in my ear. It's weird. Uh, that's uh, that's that's unfortunate. You guys, yeah, like they they close at five during the week, and then they're open for four hours on Saturday. So that's an that's inconvenient. Are you guys finally getting your driver's licenses changed? Nice. (laughs) Yeah, about time after uh, six months. Hey, almost exactly six months. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so I you know. Guys, you guys are going to have a here forever. You guys going to have a 6-month house celebration? Uh, uh no. <laughs> Is that not a thing that people do? No. But we we are going to get a couch soon so we can watch movies downstairs. Oh, nice. You know what I didn't give you while you were visiting? Polish. <laughs> the, yeah, the the couch cleaning stuff. Yeah. I okay. I might celebrate six months of having that in my car. There you go. That's that seems like a thing to celebrate. Um, speaking of housing stuff, uh, I know this isn't the the realty podcast, but um, I found this. I guess it's a company. I don't know exactly what to describe it, but it's it's this thing. It's called Up and Up, and they own. Yeah, it's a company that owns a bunch of rental properties, and uh, they're in select cities around the U.S. Um, They have some in Atlanta. And what you do is you end up paying, like, slightly more for rent, like $50 more a month to rent. But what that does is it goes in equity for you. So by the time you move out, like, you don't have a down payment. And by the time you move out, you have like five or six grand saved up, huh? Just from paying rent That's regularly. Really cool. Yeah, it seems like a really cool idea. Um, and you know, a lot of the properties that I was looking at, just randomly, like I like to look at stuff like that from time to time. Just, I'm really happy where I live. I love my roommates. I love my room. Our area is really cool. But for every once in a while, I like to look at that stuff. Um, especially cause there's a possibility that, you know, I'll move from Atlanta in the next couple of years. And actually one of the places I'm looking at moving at is one of the future properties 
or one of the future areas of up and up. So that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I just randomly saw that today and I was like, huh, you know, realistically, I don't know if I'll be able to afford a house by the time I'm 30, like my lofty goal, but I could do that. And then, um, you know, save up in addition to having that equity put in a house also like I could have personal savings towards a house and then that rent go towards a house as well. Yeah. Which well, really I, I know this isn't the bank cast, but <laughs> mortgage late mortgage rates are low right now. I know. So, and, uh, it's a good idea to save up 20% on a house. Yeah. If only I had an extra like 40 grand laying around, you know? Well, I know I know it's not possible for everybody. It's but just anything you can do to avoid that uh mortgage insurance. So yeah. like first time homeowners uh homeowners mortgage you might avoid that. I uh I I I've heard I've heard that both from you and my roommate who is a mortgage lender. Um I personally but the first thing that I need to do is raise my credit score. Um, Mm -hmm. My rent doesn't go towards my credit score, which really sucks. Um, And neither do my utilities because they're not in my name. So that was like what was keeping my credit score afloat before was paying utilities um, in my name. But now it's just like been stagnant and it's not like the best score. So I just need to figure out a way to increase my credit score so I can get a decent rate whenever I do decide to buy a house. You got a credit card? I can't remember. Yeah, I do. Um, That'll help. Yeah, I think I'm going to start using it like my debit card. Like, mm-hmm. have my budget um, for the month and after I pay rent, because it's just easier to pay rent via... Um, what do I pay rent with? Zell. Um, it's easier to pay rent like that. And then after I pay my rent and utilities, just use my credit card like I would my debit card for everyday purchases and then pay it off with the money in my bank. But enough about that. This is not BankCast. This, this has been course... BankCast. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> this has been BankCast, the podcast within a podcast. Your host, Aaron Weiss, along with the formidable Alex Weiss. Um, but this of course is Weisscast, the show where each and every week on your favorite podcast service, someone and I, this week, Alex, usually Bryant, uh, talk about the nerdy news we think you should know about. If you like that and want to be a part of the show, go to patreon.com slash Weisscast, where we are revamping and you can ask questions like that. If you want to be on air, um, if you, we haven't had anyone write in yet, um, but hey, there's a first time for everyone. Uh, also, Patreon supporters will now be getting the show earlier with an exclusive pre or post show. I haven't decided yet. The show will be ad free. And thank you to our one and only Patreon producer, Chronoslinger. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either. If you don't have any change to toss our way, no big deal. You can catch the show each and every Saturday on podcast services around 
the globe. Housekeeping for you. I got a couple things. First, Weiss Camera Action is still brewing. I'm so excited for the first episode of Weiss Camera Action. It's just me, my coworker, and one of my students. Uh, and we'll watch a movie every week and recap it and chat about it, uh, what we liked, what we didn't like, try to make it funny. Um, really excited about it. It should be a great show from the guy that brought you Weisscast. You can't see, but I'm pointing to myself. Um, secondly, we've gotten away from ads since season one, but if you go back with us that long, you may remember that we have one website partnership, which brings me to today's sponsor, Into the Raycon. AM. It's Raycon, yeah. No, it's Into the AM, but more on that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is, and forever will be, from around the web. Hey, can I put a, a stick of pen in your podcast ID, and I want to talk to you about it off off air? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's read the news. Alex, how many articles do we have? We have, as the Spanish say, seis. A baker's dozen. So and Brian can't do anything about it. Bryant can't do a dang thing about it. <laughs> Take that, Bryant. Um, first on the docket is PUBG Mobile decides to ditch uh, Chinese conglomerate, tech conglomerate Tencent. Um, you might remember from a couple weeks ago, Bryant and I chat chatted about how the government of India wants to ban all Chinese apps from their app stores, um, be it Apple or Android. And um, PUBG Mobile, you may recall, is the biggest game in India, and that is the biggest market for PUBG Mobile. Um, this is huge news because the, the account that Tencent had or has with PUBG is a really big deal. And this this comes from CNN, and I'll read, I'll read a snippet of it real quick. By Hannah Ziadi at CNN Business. The developer of PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds has cut ties with Tencent in India in a bid to skirt a government ban on Chinese mobile apps in one of the video game's most lucrative markets. PUBG Corporation said in a statement on Tuesday that Tencent in... Oh my gosh, what is happening? An ad just randomly started playing. That was really scary. Um, (laughs) Tencent Games in India will no longer be authorized to publish the mobile version of PUBG franchise. South Korean gaming company said that it will take on all publishing responsibilities itself within the country where PUBG was the biggest grossing mobile game last month. So that's actually not as big of a deal as I thought, though it is like the most lucrative market for PUBG mobile. I didn't. I, I thought for some reason that they were just like cutting ties completely with Tencent. So I know you're not a big PUBG player, but do you think this is Never a good move? It. Do you think this is a good move for the South Korean gaming company? Uh, give me a TLDR of what the article said because I didn't. That's fair. Really understand I understand it. I did just ask you. Um, to come on this morning. Um, so from a couple weeks ago, the Indian government was going to ban all Chinese developed apps, including okay. ones from Tencent, um, like TikTok, 
etc um wechat um so because india is such a lucrative market for players unknown battlegrounds mobile um they have like let me see if i can get the number that we had a few weeks ago it was something like 50 million players in india alone it was a ridiculous number and um they weren't going to be able to be present there anymore because Tencent would publish it. Okay. Um so PUBG Corporation which is based in South Korea is cutting ties with PUBG Mobile or with uh sorry, Tencent. Tencent is yeah, PUBG Corporation is cutting ties with Tencent um just for the India market. Oh. Yeah. So it's not as big of a deal as I thought. I thought that they were originally I thought that they were cutting ties for the whole like world of publishing like every country mm-hmm. that it's in. No, that sounds like a good thing if I understand it right. Yeah, it's like will the Indian market still be able to play PUBG Mobile just different publisher? Yes. Okay. Got it. It is unclear, however, if they will be able to play with people from around the world or just people in India. Uh, okay. Which, I don't think that's a huge deal. If it really has as many people as I think, like, 50 million is pretty... I mean, that's not a, that's not a tiny market base. Mm-mm. Yeah, this, like, like I said, this is a little bit older of a story. It came out... came out earlier this week and honestly this was a follow-up to a story that bryant had and you know just got to deal with it what we can next on the docket the xbox series s is official Uh, we've been tracking this for since the series x was announced i think um for those that don't know the those the, the uninitiated um, the Xbox Series S is a, a lower tier next gen console from Microsoft. Um, it is going to cost $300 and it is going to be released on November 10th, 2020. Uh, the Xbox Series X is also official and is going to be released on the same day for $500. Um, this is now, the next generation or, or an iteration of the one? It's the next generation. Why do the names suck so much? That's something I've been wondering too. Like, this is a terrible naming scheme and it suffers from the same problem that the Wii to Wii U had. Um, I was just thinking about that. Uh, me and some of my friends were talking about how we could just imagine, like, a set of parents going to their local Walmart and them being <laughs> sold out of the Series S and they see that there's a 1S there and they don't know the difference. And But they already have a 1S at home for their kid and just like buying oh the same system. Like, you know, that's, I feel like that's a possibility. This thing's kind of ugly. I I don't love the speaker grill look. 
someone had edited a uh Xbox logo onto the where the where that vent is and I thought it looked pretty cool with that edit. And also if you look at the picture closely while it's standing up like that, it's not that's not its native like orientation. It should be laying flat. Um the the specs compared to the X are I mean it's night and day. The Series X is going to is going to blow it out of the water. They have the same CPU, but um the Series X just has a really powerful graphics processing unit um rated for 12 teraflops uh while the Series S is only rated for 4. Um which if you're looking at today's comparison, the Series S is like on par with the PlayStation Pro, PlayStation 4 Pro. Um, and the Series X is three times more powerful. Um, Series S has 10 gigs of RAM. The X has 16. Um, native resolution um, for the Series S is 1440p, guaranteed 60 frames per second, up to 120 frames per second. And then Series X is 4K at 60 frames, up to 120. Um, nice. S comes with a... Oh, they have all of the same I.O., uh, except the storage on the S is 512 SSD and the X is one terabyte. They both have an ex- expansion slot for more memory. No optical drive on the S, and I know, hmm. I know that uh, piques your your not your interest. What's the like your what's the word I'm looking for? Sensibilities. <laughs> sure, your sensibilities. <laughs> I know you, you like physical media. That's what I'm trying to say. Well. Yeah, I do. Um, but I'm I'm just a Switch guy. I don't mm. I don't care much about other consoles. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but I do prefer to get the physical Switch games. Yeah, I I do for first party Switch games, with few exceptions. Um, but I mean, all that said, like. Two ninety nine for a next generation console is really cheap, um, especially like just considering that this is more powerful than the Xbox One. Um, it's more powerful than the PlayStation Four, so it's truly a next generation console. It, it's gonna run all the same games, just at lower graphics settings and. Honestly, I think you and I have the same thought process where graphics don't matter that much. I mean, for me, it's more of a frame rate thing. And if it can hit these frame rates, I'm cool. I'm cool with it. Um, I I can handle 1440p. And, you know, if... Uh, oh, they they both have support for xCloud, which I don't know if you know anything about xCloud, Alex. It's their it's their cloud gaming thing, which okay. will work through their subscription service, Game Pass. And while 512 gig SSD isn't that much for games that have games that are like you know 50 gigs or you know sometimes 100 gigs. 
Um, if you can stream a lot of those games through Game Pass and xCloud, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, True. So I, I don't see the storage being that big of an issue. Um, and this is, this is, I mean, I'm not going to get an Xbox, a new Xbox anytime soon. I'll probably wait at least a year. Um, but this, this is a very compelling thing. Also, what I haven't mentioned is that both the Series S and the Series X are compatible with, oh, it's not compatible. It's not the word are going to be a part of Xbox all access. Okay. What is that? I'm glad you asked. Uh, Xbox All Access is a program from Microsoft where you um, you pay $25 a month for the Series S. You get the Xbox as well as Game Pass Ultimate, which includes Xbox Gold or Xbox Live Gold, uh, Xbox Game Pass, and X and X Cloud. So you're paying $25 a month. the The base Game Pass Ultimate is $15 a month. So if you look at it like this. You're paying ten dollars a month for the Series S, and then you're just paying full price for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which it's just insane. Like, so they give you a console, they give you a console, and you have access to over a hundred games. You have Xbox Live Gold. Um, you can play with your friends as soon as you, you know, plug up your console. That's just an incredible deal. Like, if you take out the price of Game Pass Ultimate, mm-hmm. you're essentially paying two hundred and forty dollars for the console. The, it's over two years, by the way. It's a twenty-four month uh, rent to own, but twenty-five dollars a month for two years. You get Game Pass Ultimate for two years. You get the Xbox, and at the end of two years, you own the Xbox, and then you just re-up on Game Pass Ultimate. Not a bad deal, right? No. And I think that's going to be an, uh, an attractive option for a lot of people. The Series X is only $35 a month for this deal. So, like, that's a real steal. Yeah, that's not bad. So, so I got a question. Question me. How does the new Xbox compare with the PS5? Okay, uh, the Series S or the Series X? Both, I guess. Okay. I, I don't know what's been announced for the PS5. The the PS5 ha, is rated for 8.5 teraflops, so okay. it's it's right in between the X and the S. It has a 915 gig SSD, like a really strange number, um, and I forget what else. But I mean. Some friends and I were talking about this yesterday. It's all about optimization, right? So, like, I think the games that are multi-platform are going to look similar on all three consoles. Yeah. Um, The games that are made for Xbox are going to look best on Series X, and the games that are made for PlayStation are going to look really good, too. Um, But, like, your Call of Duties, your Madden games, your... Whatever, whatever game you can name, your uh, Assassin's Creeds, like uh, they're gonna look pretty much the same across the board. I think. I, I don't think there's gonna be that much of a difference. Um, the PS5 
does seem like a big chunker. Like, I don't know if you've seen pictures or looked at it compared to the Series X, but it's a chunky boy. Um, they have not announced the price yet, but this morning they did announce that there is a event for it on November, or not November, September 16th. So that could be interesting. Um, What's I, up with the white consoles now? I don't know. I mean, Xbox has always had like a white console, right? Since since the 360. So yeah, that's true. That's nothing new for Xbox, but yeah, PlayStation. I guess they had that awful gray-ish for PS1, and then the uh, the black the, for PS2. Yeah. And then PS3 was also black, but it was like glossy. And then the second iteration was matte black. PS4 was matte black. I think PlayStation is just doing something a little new design-wise. But, I mean, I know you haven't been super excited about consoles since the Switch. Um, I'm not really excited about either of these, the Xbox or the PlayStation 5. Um. It just feels like a weird time for a new console. I got a, one more question about consoles. Okay. How long until they're just PCs? You know, that's a good it question. It seems like they're headed that way. That's a good question because the Series X is really, really powerful. Um, that, and it's starting to look like a PC. The Series X just looks like a tower. Um I, I don't know. I, I mean, especially with cross-platform, like, so many games are going cross-platform now, and it's just... It's just a matter of time, I think. And especially, like, with game streaming, it, like, specs are not mattering as much because um, other servers are running the games and just streaming it to you. Um, yeah, that was a, that's a good question. I don't know how long. Maybe within the next couple generations. Who knows? Let's move on to the next one. And this is something that I was... Eh, I might skip that. Uh, so EA added Colin Kaepernick to Madden, 12, 12, Madden NFL 21. Um, you may or may not know, Colin Kaepernick has been like kind of the black sheep of the NFL... Uh, for a few years, because he was the one that started kneeling at the national anthem. Did, uh, uh, didn't the NFL apologize to him? Yeah, but they they haven't let him play again. Like no team has picked him up, so it's not that big of a apology. Um, but it's a big deal that he's in Madden NFL 21, so he's like getting getting some cred there. Um, I was really hoping to talk about that with Bryant. Feel like you would have a unique perspective on that. Um, so I, I, I know pretty much just what you told me, mm -hmm. but I, I have one prediction that uh, that EA or that Madden game is going to become scarce. Like it, it might be a hot seller. Yeah, I mean, it, like, I think it's sold pretty well already. So, it, oh, it's out already. Yeah. I, I'm just wondering if it's going to be like high demand, and then you know what I mean. Like, yeah, everybody I, wants it. I could see that. I mean, he is a pretty popular player. 
let's get on to an announcement that I know I loved, and I don't. I, I'm pretty sure you would like it too. Prince of Persia: Sands of Time is getting remade. I've got the uh, HD version on my PS3 of the this original. Is, this is going to be capital U. I mean, capital HD, not not U. I don't know why I put that U. Um, it's not going to be ultra high definition because it's running out for this generation of consoles. But I'm very excited about this. Um, it leaked. Uh, I don't think there's been in a single Ubisoft announcement since they revealed Star Fox was coming to Starlink that hasn't leaked. Like, I oh. feel like... Every Ubisoft oh, okay. game leaks. Um, every Ubisoft announcement. And that is not an original thought. Um, <laughs> I heard that on another podcast. But it's so true. Like, uh, every, Pretty much everything there's leaks. But I'm so excited. I love Prince of Persia. I didn't play it till high school. Um, and I don't know why. I, I had a GameCube. I could have gotten it. Um, I don't know why I never played it till high school. But... It's such a fun game. Um, I've only played Sands of Time. I've never played the other two in the trilogy. Have you? No, I've only played Sands of Time. But it's such a classic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, the wall running. People say the combat wasn't that good, but I enjoyed the combat. I feel like it had good combat. I, I remember liking it a lot. I, I feel like the combat led the way for games like... Uh, the Arkham series. I feel like it was similar to Batman Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's too much of a stretch, but I don't think it is. Um, here's something I found out the other day. Assassin's Creed was a spinoff of Prince of Persia. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either, but that makes me hate Assassin's Creed even more because they canceled Prince Prince of Persia to have Assassin's Creed, and now they have a crap ton of Assassin's Creed's and no Prince of Persia until now. I remember the last Prince of Persia that came out, it was like for the 360 maybe? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the Sands of Time, it was like a I don't know if it was a remake or a reimagining or what it was. I think it was a reboot. I yeah, I don't think it sold very well though. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering if they're doing this to like kind of test the waters. So when Crash the Insane Trilogy came out a couple years ago, I think Activision was testing the waters for Crash Bandicoot. And now Crash Bandicoot 4 is coming out this year because that because the Insane Trilogy sold so well. And I'm hoping Ubisoft is doing the same thing with The Sands of Time because that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, enough about... Prince of Persia. This last two, actually, I'll go into my last article, then Bryant's, because you said uh, Wonder Woman, oops, spoilers, bled into something you wanted to talk about. But this article is very interesting, and I think I'm, I'm glad that you're on the podcast for this one. The PC brand Gateway is returning. Acer owns. <laughs> Yeah, let me let me read this article because I'm I'm actually kind of excited about it just for nostalgia. Uh, if you were fond of Gateway PCs, well, they're back. On Wednesday, Acer and Walmart announced that they are reviving the brand to sell affordable Windows 10 notebooks and laptop convertibles from 
$179 and above. Gateway was once a major PC vendor in the U.S., especially during the 90s, when it famously sold computers packaged as cow-spotted boxes. One second. However, the company's fortunes began to falter in the 2000s, resulting in the Taiwanese PC vendor Acer later buying it up. Acer has now decided to bring back Gateway, calling it a beloved brand in the U.S., and added and to market its products, the company has resurrected the cow-spotted logo box. Nice. According to Acer, the products are designed for everyday consumers, students, and quote creators who pump content who pump out content or graphic designs the hardware also feature processors from either intel or amd and come fitted with 1080p screens in total gateway pcs span nine different notebook models at the low end an 11.6 inch ultra slim laptop which will retail for 179 and contain four gigs of ram 64 gigs of storage for 199 you can get the 2-in-1 version which can flip into a tablet and products scale up to 14.1 inch and 15.6 inch models which will range from 199 to 999 depending on your configuration on the high end you can buy a gateway creator series 15.6 inch performance notebook which has an intel 10th generation core i5 processor an nvidia 2060 rtx graphics card 25 or 256 gigs of ssd and 8 gigs of ram full specs for every model can be found on gateway's new website acer plans on releasing additional products this fall the laptops will be exclusively sold through walmart and you can already find them on sale at the retailer's website acer is also preparing two gateway branded android tablets an 8 inch model for 69 dollars and a 10.1 inch device for 79 this all from pc mag let me see who the author was michael khan on pc mag isn't this interesting like i didn't think that gateway was ever coming back i don't know if i knew they were gone <laughs> but yeah it's interesting, like, I guess they're playing on the nostalgia of the 2000s, which is a thing now. Yeah, they are, and, you know... In the late 90s. I, I like that they have PCs at, at, like, seemingly every price point. Like, they have ultra-low-end PCs, which I feel like would be great for, like a like, a high schooler or something. And then they even have creative PCs on the more high-end. I'm waiting to see how these do actually like um one of my favorite youtubers is a guy named dave 2d and he is really good about reviewing pcs and i really hope that he covers these because um i mean this could be a viable option for a lot of people uh a lot of people um don't need ultra high-end stuff you know um people just want affordable facebook machine um and i guess if you want that you don't even need a pc you just get a smartphone um well some people like the tactile keyboard that's true yeah um i just think this is this is a really cool way to rebrand i had no idea that acer owned the gateway intellectual property but yeah this is really cool i actually want to go to their website real quick if i can find it there we go it was linked in the whoa this is a cool website 
it, it was linked in the article, not the article um, tab on Discord. Very interesting. I'm going to look at the website. Gateway official site. Oh my gosh. This is. So you can buy a 14 inch full HD ultra slim book with a Core i5, 16 gigs of RAM, 256 SSD, audio tuned by THX, has a fingerprint scanner, webcam, HDMI, for only $479. What? What's the drawback? I I mean I can't think of one. Is it all plastic parts? It looks like an all plastic casing, but I mean that's not uh, that big of a deal, I don't think. That is insane to me. 16 gigs of 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 RAM like for 479 like that's ridiculous. That's legitimately a good deal. And the the next one down is a Core i3 with only 4 gigs of RAM and 128 gig SSD. So, like, why would you not go for the... It's literally only $100 more to quadruple your RAM and double your SSD. All right. On to the last article from around the web wonder woman has been delayed till christmas this coming from game informer which is weird because it's a gaming website um by kimberly wallace just a few weeks ago at the dc fandom of an online wonder woman 1984 raised our hype levels with a new trailer that gave us a look at kristen wiggs cheetah in action today it was announced we're going to have to wait a bit longer uh, Wonder Woman 1984 was originally supposed to hit theaters on October 3rd, and it is now slated for December 25th. Director Patty Jenkins had this to say about moving the date. First and foremost, let me say how much Gal Gadot and I love our devoted Wonder Woman fans around the world, and your excitement for 1984 couldn't make us happier or more eager for you to see the movie because I know how important it is to bring this movie to you on a big screen when all of us can share it, the experience together. I'm hopeful you won't mind us waiting just a bit longer with the new date on Christmas day. We can't wait to spend the holidays with you. This isn't wonder woman 1984's first delay. The COVID-19 pandemic has caused several setbacks and shuffling for release dates. The highly anticipated sequel was originally scheduled for June 5th before slipping to August 14th, then August 2nd. Hopefully this final date, this this is the final date, but it's hard to know during these unprecedented times and necessary slowing of theaters reopening. So, sorry, I want to jump back to the gateway thing real quick. Oh I appreciate God. that you brought it up, <laughs> and I hope that it, those price points make other companies more competitive in their products. Oh, yeah, I hope so too. Especially Apple. But, yeah, I wanted to talk about Wonder Woman because it's not the first delay it, for the movie. It's not the only delay. Like, Marvel's just gone this year. 
Mm-hmm. You know, Black Widow may come out in November. Like, I, is it officially come out in November or they delay it again? It's not official. Well, actually, I don't know. They haven't delayed it, but I wouldn't put it concretely in November. But they delayed it from May. Right. <laughs> the Immortals were supposed to come out in November. Which has been pushed Wonder to... Woman was supposed to come out in June. Yep. Tenet was supposed to come out in July. Uh, let's see. Trolls got sent right to video on demand. Yep. Uh, what else? What Bill else and... got sent into video on demand? Bill Onward. and Ted. Bill and Ted. Well, Onward, yes and no. Onward was had a little bit of a theater run, and then it got sent to VOD. Right. Mulan got sent to VOD. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm sure there's others that I'm missing, but I mean, those are like the biggest ones that I can think of this year. Notably, the Marvel ones and Wonder Woman, like being delayed totally. Well, I wanted to bring it up because uh, we've or I've actually rented or bought one, rented another of these. Uh, direct to streaming movies mm-hmm. uh, we rented trolls <laughs> it's a silly movie but it was the convenience was just great not having to go to the theater and i bought bill and ted and like i like theaters but the convenience is just so great and i'm not sad that i didn't see those movies in theaters i'm I'm glad that I watched them in the home, my, my comfort of home. Yeah. You know, that brings up an interesting point because not every movie needs to be seen in theaters. Mm-hmm. I would argue that a movie like Tenet probably should be seen in theaters. Yeah. Something that's as cinematic as that, like Chris Nolan just makes these really cinematic movies with the perfect sound tuning for, um, the movie theater um but yeah like trolls bill and ted like those those can be watched on your home tv um on the comfort of your own couch just fine um i mean maybe wonder woman and marvel movies like i really enjoyed seeing infinity war in the theater right like oh yeah that was a really fun experience. I think uh, movies with large fan bases like Marvel or like Star Wars or whatever, like movies like that are really fun in the theater. Um, but yeah, I think there are certain movies that can just be released straight to VOD. I I like the new... Um, deal that Universal has with AMC. Have you heard about that? No, do tell. So, earlier this year, AMC got really mad when Universal threatened to just... Or actually, they didn't threaten. They were just saying they were going to release all their movies from now on BOD. Um, but they came to an agreement that they would hit theaters for two weeks and then would be released in VOD. Um, and they would be in the theaters along with VOD at the same time. Okay. That seems like a happy middle ground, you know? 
Yeah. Um, I wish more, more, what do you call them? Movie company, like WB. I wish WB and Paramount and Columbia TriStar. Like, I wish all the big ones would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like, I mean, Disney, it makes the most sense. I think, I think you could have like a month in theaters and then put the, put it on Disney plus or depending on the rating of the movie, put it on Hulu. Um, cause I know Disney plus is family oriented. Um, I, yeah, I think, I think you bring up a great point. A lot of people, I mean, for a lot of people going to the theater is a major inconvenience. Um, I mean, for me growing up, I had to drive, you know, 30 minutes to the closest movie theater. Um, you have one in your town and you've had movie theater relatively close since you moved to Southern Indiana. Mm -hmm. So it's never been like that much of an inconvenience. Like you never had to go out of town for it. Um, since I moved up here now. Yeah. Not since you moved up there. Um, but until I moved to Atlanta, I never lived in the same town as a movie theater. And even when I moved to Atlanta for like the first, I don't know, eight to 10 months, <laughs> I still had to drive like 15 minutes to a movie theater. Literally right before the pandemic, a huge movieplex opened <laughs> like five minutes away from my house. And then, you know, COVID. But um, yeah, there, there are certain movies that need a movie theater. Um, there are certain movies that you want to have that ultra greasy buttery popcorn and that that cherry coke but sometimes you want to have that ultra greasy buttery popcorn and cherry coke from home on your own couch popped by yourself and um you know hang out and maybe you guys are maybe you and chelsea aren't into that whatever movie and so you just kind of chat and make fun of the movie like you can't do that in the theater well the other thing i was thinking of is with how many movies going to on demand, it's kind of reshaping what we think of uh, direct-to-video movies. I mean, they're not video, but, you know, mm. like direct-to-video used to mean like Steven Seagal or Jean-Claude Van Damme or Disney sequels. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, shoot, Mulan. That's a, that's a, like a big blockbuster movie. And even like um director streaming service movies have gotten nominated for Oscars and Golden Globes. Like Yeah, the um, line's definitely blurred with the streaming movies. Yeah, like I, I think it was the big sick a few years ago got nominated for a bunch of awards. Um I I know oh oh the Irishman got nominated, I think, for Best Picture. Yeah, Scorsese. Uh, Scorsese. So like they're getting they're attracting big name directors and writers and actors to come do these movies for like uh, Tom Hanks just did a movie for Apple TV. Um, oh, he did. You're right. I think it was even a Steven Spielberg movie like the these streaming services are getting big names and it's not just movies like Psych the Movie 2, you know. Which is great. Which is it is great. I was just you saying that that's like a lesser. That's more of a 
TV movie, because I mean it is, than than The Big Sick or I can't think of the name of that Tom Hanks movie. You cut out for a second. I was saying that uh, Psych the Movie 2 is more of a TV or direct-to-video movie than um, The Irishman, right? Like, in terms of quality. I think if I got the gist of what you're saying, yes. Am I cutting in and out? Uh, It froze. Oh. Hope it's okay on the recording. Did you say that Psych the Movie 2 is something you might expect on an on-demand service and not as high caliber as The Irishman? Yes. Okay. I got it. Cool. I hope this isn't messing up on the recording. Um, I got one more thing about the movie thing. All right, go uh, for it. It used to be like... In the 80s and 90s, maybe the 2000s, you could have like a mid-budget movie, like, I don't know, $10 million. You didn't have to spend a bunch of money. And you could have a hit, like, maybe the return would be $100, $200, $300 million. And now uh, movie companies are spending like $100, $200, $300 million. And their returns need to be higher. So when they only make... 400 million on a 300 million dollar movie that's bad and i feel like with the on-demand movies they are kind of going back to maybe a little bit of the mid-tier movies like bill and ted was not an expensive movie it doesn't look expensive at all but it didn't need to be and i i kind of hope that movie studios kind of bring back more of those mid-tier movies because not yeah. everything needs to be Avengers Endgame. Yeah, that's a good point. Because the 90s and 80s and to some extent the early 2000s had a lot of of those mid-tier movies. Like, hmm. I mean, they had movies like The Fugitive or Speed or um, freaking what's it? Uh, what's that other Keanu Reeves movie um, from the 90s? Point Break, um, that yeah. were that were like not super expensive movies. I mean, I feel like the fug not the Fugitive. I feel like um, Speed might have been the most expensive out of those movies, um, and had probably the biggest names with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, they had these not super expensive movies that you know, just raked in cash. Like those are all very popular movies from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I feel like the turnaround is like when you started seeing all these like really big blockbuster movies was probably like around matrix. Like that's when movie budgets started to inflate like a lot. Uh, I'd say independence day. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Independence day. I could see that. Um, these yeah movie budgets started to inflate and you're like oh these movies are very expensive i and bringing in loads of cash i want my movie to do that um and so they just like artificially inflate budgets and doesn't add anything to the story really um maybe adds something to visuals i hope it at least adds something to visuals but um 
you have movies like in the 2000s, like John Carter, who, mm-hmm. this movie yes. that was supposed to do really well. Disney was betting a lot of money on it. Um, but I mean, it just flopped hardcore. Um, I mean, John Carter is based on a IP that was I mean, 100 years old. Yeah, it's literally 100 years old. It's like some of the first science fiction. And they just completely mishandled this. Like, you've seen it with uh, many times with Wrinkle in Time. You've seen it with all these movies that are supposed to be the next big thing. Um, <laughs> Artemis Fowl. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Like, yeah, you've seen it with a lot of movies. And just go back to the smaller budget movies. Know what you're... Test the waters. Like, all right, here... Last point about movies, then we'll get to 20 questions. I've got one more thing, too. Okay. Do what Deadpool did. Deadpool did not have a big budget. Um, and Fox Fox gave it whatever budget and... Um, but and, and put mo- a lot of that budget towards marketing and it made a crap ton of money. It was super popular. And then they got the budget for Deadpool two, which was Deadpool two as good as the first one. No, but it, it wasn't because of the budget. It was just because a lot of movies suffer from the sophomore slump. Um, I think more movies need to be like Deadpool and aim low for the budget in the first film. Test the waters, see if the IP is going to be popular on film. And if it's not, not a huge loss. But if it is, you now have a new franchise. That's a good point. What's your final point? Okay, you know the movie Aliens. If if even if you haven't seen it, you know what it's like. Right. Yeah. It's a. I don't know if you call it blockbuster, but it's definitely science fiction effects and decently big names. Guess the budget of that movie. It's from 1986. It's like under 50 million, right? 18.5 million. Wow. And guess that in today's dollars. Is it hovering at around fifty million? You're close. Yeah, forty-three point eight million. Yeah, I mean, for for big blockbuster movies, that's so cheap. Yeah, you wouldn't think it was made on that kind of budget. It looks great. The practical effects work for it. Yeah. Also, in terms of lighting, that's a relatively dark movie, which works in its favor. True. Which also adds to the lower budget, I think. Yeah. Because if the lighting was just amazing, you would have to make a really good looking xenomorph, right? That's true. You're. That's a, that's another way they probably cut corners with the budget. And they made you it scarier. Show... Oh yeah. Like, um, who was it? Alfred Hitch- Hitchcock said, "You're more afraid what you don't see." Yep. A wise guy. A real wise guy. R.I.P. The master of suspense. Pop quiz. What's your favorite Hitchcock movie? How is that a pop quiz? 
Um, <laughs> probably rear window. It's a good one. Psycho is really good too. Psycho is really good. Um, I like rear window just because of how much it's parodied. Um, I mean, I guess Psycho is too, but like, literally, Psych parodied it. Um, also, the remake, uh, Disturbia, was really good. I don't know if that's an actual remake or if it was just inspired by it, but I mean, it's very much the same concept. That yeah, I haven't seen good. it. Um, Rear Window is really good. So is North by Northwest. I have not seen North by Northwest, but I know those are both the same actor, right? No, North by Northwest is Cary Grant. I was that and the same actor. Rear Window is Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Jimmy. But North by Northwest is like a proto James Bond. Oh, huh. Maybe I should uh, give it a watch. Um, yeah, so folks, before we get into 20 questions, I want to listen, I want you to listen to a word from today's sponsor into the AM. Do you like out of this world clothes? Do you like to accessorize? If you answered yes to either of those questions, into the AM has your back. I personally have a couple hats from them and boy, do I like them. Maybe Into the AM isn't your style, but you know you might know someone who would like their stuff. It makes a great gift for birthdays and for the holiday season that's coming up in just a few months. Can you believe, Alex, that Christmas is just like three months away? I'm I can't. I was going to suggest that we watch North by Northwest when Christmas comes up. But hey. Maybe we can with our Into the AM gifts. If you want to be blown away by yes. Out of This World Comfort, go to IntoTheAM.com, enter the promo code WeissCast, and you'll save 10% at checkout. That is IntoTheAM.com, promo code WeissCast. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting to the final segment of WeissCast, 20 questions. And Alex, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a choice. Do you, I mean, you're going to be doing the guessing. But would okay. you like to guess a movie, a video game, or a TV show? Let's see, do I play to my strengths or go for a challenge? Hmm. <clears throat> Let's do a TV show. Excellent. Give me a second. Okay. I have one. Let me pull it up on Wikipedia just so I can answer questions correctly. You know, I don't want to lead you astray on accident. All right, go for it. Was it originally on air in the last 20 years? No. That's one. I'll count. Was it originally on air... In the 90s? No. 80s? Yes. Is it live action? Yes. Is it a sitcom? Yes. Is it Cheers? All right. You need to to be asking questions. Don't guess because 
if I was following the rules of 20 questions, you, you, your guess would be your final question. Okay. Yeah. So is it an ensemble cast? Can you define ensemble for me? It's not just, there's not just one star. Oh like, yeah. Uh, I would say, I would say yes, it is an ensemble cast. Is it a workplace sitcom? No. Does it span multiple seasons? Yes. Remember, you get a hint at 15. You're at 9. Would it be considered family-friendly? No. To the best of your knowledge, have I seen the show? You've probably seen at least the intro, at the very least. Eleven? Yes. I'll actually give you two hints at fifteen. Okay. Because I realize this is kind of a difficult one. Yeah, you eliminate a lot of sitcoms when it's not a workplace sitcom. Hang on. Tony Danza involved? No. Ah, Who's the boss then? Is that 12? Yes. Are there two male leads? Uh, No. Is this a spinoff? To the best of my knowledge, no. Fourteen? Yep, one more before the... (sighs) 
Does it revolve around a family? No. Okay. Okay. Hint time. This show was based on a British sitcom. Hint number one. Hint number two. While it did air in the 80s, it did not start in the 80s. British sitcom. So it could have started in the 70s. That is correct. Was the show set in a different time period than it aired? No. Not Happy Days. These days are wrong. Seventies. Well, I have four left. Yes. No, any British sitcoms? I don't think I do. You definitely know. Would you like another hint? Yeah. I would argue the most famous star of this was known for another show um, years prior. Does it have John Cleese in it? No. So it's not Faulty Towers. Hang on. Does it have Rowan Atkinson? No. Dang it. I said it's based on a British sitcom. Not is a British sitcom. Blackadder is the only British sitcom, and Blackadder and Faulty Towers are the only ones I can think of. You can give up if you want. Two more. I kick myself, aren't I? Maybe? I don't know. This is a pretty difficult one, I think. Star Andy Griffith, does it? No, wait. 70s? 
the Three's Company? It is Three's Company. First airing in March 15th, 1977 through September 18th, 1984, based on the British sitcom Man About the House, starring Janet Wood, Christy Summers, and Jack Tripper as a group of friends who platonically live in an apartment with their building manager, Don Knotts, as Ralph Furley. Three's Company, come and knock on our door. We'll be waiting for you. Yeah, I've never seen that show. <laughs> you know, it's at least the, the intro song. I mean, it's a pretty yeah. famous intro song. I've never seen the show either. Um, just wanted to make it a little bit of a challenge, huh? Um, folks, that is the September 12th edition of twenty of 2020. Uh, Wisecast. I guess it's the September 12th edition of 2022. As well, not 2022. We're not in the future. I am struggling. But we are in the past. Whoa! <laughs> um, this has been Wisecast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Weiss, alongside the King of Corridon. I'm saluting. Alex Weiss. Alex, where can they find you on socials? Alexander M. Weiss on the socials. Nice. Folks, if you have a couple extra spare changes or a couple bucks, toss it our way on patreon.com slash Weisscast, where you can get the show ad-free starting with this episode. You could also get the show early, and you can write into the show and have your questions answered, please, please do that. It helps keep the lights on here at Weisscast. Folks, we love having you listen. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember to go to intotheam.com, promo code Weisscast. I am Aaron Weiss. You can find me on social media at the Weiss is Right. Until next time, enjoy your outro music, which is probably from Cadence of Hyrule because I am obsessed with that soundtrack right now. Until next week, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Auf Wiedersehen.